A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. World Game Changers, wherever you may be, hello and a very, very warm welcome to this podcast episode where today I am joined by a fellow, I'm going to use the word townie of mine, Paul Kelly from Nottingham, England, United Kingdom, whatever whatever we're supposed to say. I get confused myself, listeners. Anyway, without further ado, Paul, very, very warm welcome to you, sir. Good afternoon, Paul. And I've got to ask, um, what's the weather like in Nottingham? I mean, I'm 14, nearly 1,500 miles away. I'm pleased to report that today the sun has actually been shining. Um, it's been quite a miserable week, but today it looks like the weather's changed for the better. Mm. So it's uh, nice and sunny today. Because I believe the weather in the UK has been a bit uh, of these last few days. And obviously this podcast, listeners, is timeless. So, you know, you might be thinking, well, what, what are these guys talking about? What month is it? What week is it? What date is it? Do you know what? It doesn't really matter because... The what some people might call the idle chat there, the the small talk, call it what you will, the icebreaker. Do you know what? I don't think we put enough emphasis on that throughout the world, whether we're talking about the goldfish, the cat, the dog, the weather. Um, anyway, let's get down to more pressing matters. Um, Paul, um, right. You've been on four previous podcasts, haven't you? I have indeed. Mm. Was you aware it was four? Had you kept count? I I thought it was three. I wasn't sure if it was three or four. Yeah. I've kind of, um, well, it's kind of been quite a transitional stage in my life and, and the world, really, because it's all sort of started and coincided with the pandemic that hopefully I think is, uh, fingers crossed, is coming to an end or towards an end in this country. Mm. Part of that voyage uh, or that time has been a voyage of discovery, hasn't it? Um, I mean, I hasten to kind of, you know, it's not for me to say where that's materialised in terms of your or personal and professional development, but it's, I think it's given us all an opportunity to reassess one or two things. And that's certainly unfolded for you, hasn't it? Most definitely. I think I've been sort of up until recently, up until say the last 18 months, been meandering along in my own little world, having plans, but without really having the drive or the wherewithal to follow things through. Um, I've kind of had a picture of where I want to go and what I want to do and who I want to work with. And I've been ticking a few boxes along the way, but haven't really had that that get up and go to really follow my dreams as such until more recently. Mm. I don't think I've had that aware, that general awareness. Such a powerful thing, isn't it? I know we've spoken around this quite a lot. Awareness. Do you think generally that people don't have the awareness of the power of awareness? If that's not too much of a mouthful. I think that people don't realise what's out there. 
uh, what's available to them if they really soul search and dig deeply. I think people are quite happy to go, I'm actually all right, Jack. I'm all right, Paul. I'm okay. But really, is okay actually good enough? And that autopilot response, listeners, I think feel, stroke, no. Haven't we all been embroiled to varying degrees in that at some stage, if not consistently through our lives, where, oh, it's okay. And I'll use toothache as a prime example. You know, we can be in pain through something like toothache. And you say, well, go to the dentist then. Oh, it'll be all right. Stop making a fuss. Well, actually, I'm not the one that's making the fuss. You are. But isn't it true that we tend, what's that cliche? Better the devil you know. It'll be okay. You know, we can be in a bad relationship. Or maybe it's an okay relationship. But the mind plays tricks. Better the devil you know. Well, he or she's not that bad, really. I mean, does that resonate at all, PK? I think there's there's lots of things that you can uh, associate with this all all embracing term of awareness. You might feel okay, and somebody will say, "Are you really okay?" And they'll dig a little bit deeper. And I think when you dig a little bit deeper, that's when people tend to actually go, this person actually cares what's really going on in my life. They can almost see things that I can't. They can almost see through me. Um, And then that's sometimes when you get people who will say, actually, I'm not actually all right. I'm, I'm just doing what I can at the minute. I'm just, I'm getting by the truth be known, but I don't want anybody to know that. And I think there's lots and lots of people who can uh, resonate with that feeling of I'm okay, but behind closed doors, if we have a quiet one-to-one, no, I'm breaking down, I'm in bits. And I think there's so many people out there who are fearful of breaking down in front of people, um, are fearful of actually telling people how they truly feel because they, they, they think it's... Um, They think it's a negative aspect to their character, being able to reveal their true feelings. When in fact, it's the most powerful thing you can actually do to be in touch with your own true feelings. And then having the courage to express them. Most definitely. It's why say what you're not when you know you're not happy or well or coping. It's surely it's more much better to be honest and seek and get the help that you need, whether that's medical help, whether it's financial help, support, someone to talk to, someone to do your shopping for you, someone to do your neighbor's shopping because you normally do it and you just can't. Um, people are too quick to, to hide and defend their true feelings, in my opinion. Mm. And I think during the course of the last 18 months when people have been stuck at home, can't see the friends this has been exacerbated for lots of people lots of people are now realizing who who they are what they actually want from their lives and what they actually don't want from their lives and they're actually starting to express their true feelings to people they're finding more out about themselves because they're having to do things that they don't normally have to Hmm. is it fair to say then that as a mass generalization relationships are getting What's the word I'm looking for here? More consistent? 
between people. You know, they're reaching out now. They're connecting more than they, you know, previously may have done. I want to kind of enter this this word relationships because it's so key within our everyday lives, isn't it? I think it's massively important if we can spot where other people may be struggling and not challenge them, but almost almost ask them in a in another way, are you actually okay? Is there anything I can do to help you? I can almost detect that you're struggling, but you don't want to admit it. And I've been I've been teaching through the whole pandemic, young people in the city of Nottingham, and it has become clear that some of the people I teach are really, really struggling. And they, they reach out to you. It's almost like you're their last hope. They've come into college to seek help because they can't get the support they need at home. And it's, it's very difficult, but we have specialists within the team that I work with who can help in almost any situation. Once people acknowledge that they need some support and need some help, I can pass them on to people who will definitely help them. Mm, okay. Starting to focus in on this word relationship. Now, I say a word relationship to you. What does, what's your kind of immediate reaction, thought around that simple word? Well, is it a simple word? It's not for me to judge. It's a simple word. I think it's a big banner that encompasses many things. I think a relationship, you can have a relationship with someone you teach, a partner. It's how you interact with people. It's how you deal with people. Um, I can teach people in a variety of different ways. I can show them visual aids. I can play them videos. I can talk to them on a one-to-one -one basis. But it's about forming a common bond for, or even forming a common language that both parties understand. And sometimes that communication, that relationship takes time. You can talk to people at the wrong level, wrong level initially, and you almost can make assumptions that people understand you when in fact, they're just nodding their head and going, yeah, yeah. And then the truth be known, at the end of the lesson, they come up to you and say, I didn't have a clue what you're on about. I was, I was too shy to say at the time, I didn't understand the thing. And then you have to reassess and revisit where you started your communication and where it ended and what the result was. And I think that's all part of that whole awareness um, that sometimes we think we understand or we think that the people we are talking to understand what we're saying, but that's not necessarily always the case. The great doctor, the late great Dr. Stephen Covey, one of his seven habits of highly effective people, first seek to understand and then, and then, 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 and then be understood. That, that it, it really resonates with me because often you think you're the best teacher in the world. You think everybody understands every word you say, and then there'll be one student, the one friend who goes, what are you on about? That don't make sense at all. Can you explain it to me in a different way, in English, please? And you think you've done a really good job. And then somebody says, I don't get it. 
that's when you're back to the drawing board and you have to dig deeper. Can you explain to me what you don't get? Which bit, if any, did you actually get? And sometimes it's like a blank piece of paper. You've got the end in mind. You've got what you want to get across and you've missed the target. So you literally have to start all over again. Mm. So relationships then, like I say, big word, big word listeners, but what does it really mean? And as Paul says, it means so many things, maybe to so many different people. In the context, so just give us an overview then from your world, Paul, of some examples of, you know, well, different aspects of real. I know you kind of alluded to some as a teacher, as a partner, you know, and all that kind of thing. But I'm looking more at this, this kind of what we might even call hierarchy of relationships. You know, what are the most important relationships to us? I think for most people, their most important relationships are their family, their immediate family and a few close friends who they may class as their family. Um, I think most people have, we're using a lot of the term bubbles. They've either got a family network or a bubble that they associate themselves with. For some people, their favourite bubble might be their sports club. It might be the people they go and watch sport with. It might They might have a different kind of network that's aside from their family. And they might class that as their, their football family or their rugby family or as their swimming family. Um, I deal with people of all ages. I coach a bit of cricket. Um, I've got quite a few quite a few friends who I see from time to time around the world. And I think they've all got different needs and it's how you kind of assess what someone's needs are when they begin a conversation with you. Um, lots of people don't just ask questions for the sake of asking questions. Some people would like to know genuinely if you're okay, because they've not seen you for a while. Whereas other people, they ask you a question because they want you to ask them back. They want to. They want you to ask if they're okay. They're looking for you to acknowledge them in the same way they've acknowledged you because actually they are actually reaching out for you and they don't want to reach out for you. They do, but in a hidden kind of way. But that, I mean, that's interesting, but that doesn't tell me about what I really want to know here about the different relationships. Um, you know, for example, I use the word hierarchy. You know, could we have a relationship with source, with ourselves? And as you say, you, you know, you went into the sort of partner family angle there. You know, that's obviously key. I'm just trying to get a, a sort of an understanding from your world of how you perceive or, or for the messages really that for the benefit of our listeners, what your thoughts are, um, you know, is it different from mine? And then opening up that discussion. And that's where the rich learning is for the listener, isn't it? For myself, you, you have to love yourself. Um, you have to look after yourself. You have to be true to yourself in order to be able to have a loving relationship with any other person. Because if you're not looking after yourself, 
how can you possibly look after anybody else? It's a sim- For me, it's as simple as that. Mm. Spiritually, mentally, eating well, sleeping well. If you're not doing that, chances are you're not going to be looking after your partner, your children, um, your job. You're not going to be, if you're not looking after self, everything else can fall apart from there. Absolutely. So are you saying then, PK, that the most important relationship in your world, from your level of awareness, be that what may, and nobody's here to judge, well, nobody can judge, but whatever that is or whatever it isn't, that most important relationship to you is your is that one with yourself? Has to be. You have to put yourself first in order to be able to care and look after and support other people. Hmm. Okay, yeah. So tell us about relation, working relationships with young people, because that's something that in your professional life, um, you're very, very heavily involved in and, and have been for many years. So how does that, how does that play out in your world? Is, you know, is it, I'm going to ask them, is it challenging? How does that conflict or complement your own core values of your relationship with yourself? First and foremost, I think I try and instill. I'm here to help. It's my first offering to any any person I come across. If they are looking for advice, looking for support, looking for me to teach them something, I want to first first thing I always want to do is put them at ease. Whatever it is that they want to accomplish or achieve my number one and primary aim will be to make sure that that happens. For me, it's as simple as that. If you're here to achieve a a qualification, I will do everything I possibly can to make sure you achieve it. Now, in order to uh, achieve a goal, we need to set some targets along the way um, that are realistic, that are achievable, that are measurable so we can measure little tiny steps along our little journey towards success. It's the same if I'm coaching cricket, if I'm giving somebody advice, I look to the end first. We can fill in the gaps along the way. It doesn't matter how we get there. As long as we know what we're aiming for, it doesn't matter how we achieve it. It's, it's, It's always with the end in mind. What do you want from me? How can I help you get what you want? Mm. Okay. Three words. Relationship, transformation, teacher. Give us a, take us on a little bit of a, um, you know, brief tour around that. For me, A relationship transformation teacher is someone who can guide you to where you want to be. If I got a visitor who was coming to visit my fair city um, and they were arriving by train, I would meet them at the train station. Now, there's no point in having a journey or me taking someone on a journey if I don't know where they're currently at. So if somebody's coming to visit my city and they don't come to Nottingham Station, I don't know where they're currently at. I can't take them on the next part of their journey. So it's about establishing first and foremost where somebody's at. The next stage is 
building a relationship, find out what the other person is all about, get to know them, warts and all, as we say, strengths and weaknesses. What's your good points? What do you think's your good point? What do you think are your not so good points? What would you like to improve on? How could you make your life better? How could I help you make your life better? We all need a little starting point. We need a little opening. We need to find something in common with the person we're trying to work with or teach or mentor or guide. So it's about establishing something possibly that we've got in common or something that might be different, something to talk about. We get to build a little picture of the person we're working with or looking to help. And storytelling is a great way of creating that rapport, isn't it? Using um, metaphors and, you know, and maybe, maybe even kind of, how can I put this, being a little bit creative with the story at time. I think fishing, you know, the fisherman's tale. I caught this fish and it was 10 foot long. Well, actually, Bert, I was with you Riverside when you caught the fish and it was a little stickleback. It was about two inches long. I think everybody loves a story. If you can retain someone's interest, get them on board, you've, you've almost got a bond. And once you've got a bond with someone, people are more likely to open up and you'll find a little bit more about them. So I've got many a story that I can tell people about cricket match A, B and C, probably running into... 10,000 cricket matches that I've probably played in or watched. And that might resonate with some people. Um, it might turn other people off completely and might make them want to fall asleep. But I can readily show them some statistics that are real, that are relevant, that are recent. And I can talk about it and I can use them if I'm teaching maths to calculate some sums. But I can start a conversation and I can make it last as long or as short as I think their interest is being held. But ultimately, it's it's an opening gambit. It's a bit like a chess match. I'll move my pawn. What's your move? Has it interested you? Has it bored you? Has it made you want to speak? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Hopefully it has. Sometimes it works. Sometimes we have to start another conversation. Tell us a little bit around your working relationship with young people. I mean, this obviously is going to be uh, to whatever degree a generalization, but what, what's, I mean, what space are young people in these days? You know, are they struggling more than mainstream society? Are they taking it more? I mean, what's happening into Excuse me. You're, you know, what, what do you see? What do you hear when you work very, very closely with young people? Became what, what does that look like to you? What does it feel like? I think at the present moment, we've got lots of young people who are genuinely struggling with mental health issues. Uh, they've, they've struggled to cope with being locked down for a long period of time, not being able to see their friends, not being able to see their relatives. Um, not being able to hug their grandparents. And I think it's been a very difficult time for them. Um, I think they 
because of their age, they lack the experience of problems in life. For some, this will undoubtedly be the most difficult 18 months to two years I've ever experienced. And there is no preparation for a pandemic. There'll be some hardened men and women of 40, 50 years of age who, when this is all over, will say, I was close to breaking point. I'm sure of this. Um, I've met lots of young people, 16, 17, 18, who were doing phenomenally well at college. And then the lockdown came and not seen them until recently. And they've really struggled. And it's been, it's been most upsetting. So from your own point of view, as a relationship transformation teacher, what is it that you can do? What are you aware of where you might be able to make, I don't know, just take that metaphoric pebble out the shoe and make life better for young people, less painful? I think above all is just to be kind. I think one thing that I've noticed is a kindness amongst the people I work with where people may have um, taken the mickey out of a colleague at work People haven't been doing that. People have been encouraging people. And I think that's something that young people need. They need praise. They need encouragement. They don't need putting down. They've got a lot on. Taking exams during a pandemic is very difficult. Looking for a job during a pandemic is extremely difficult because young people, they haven't got the experience. So... When times are more difficult, who are, you, who are you going to employ? A young person who has no experience of doing a job or someone who's 10 years older who's done it previously? Everything is stacked against young people at the moment. So I want to try and be, in Edward Woodward's terms, the equaliser. I want to make it a bit more equal, give them a chance. And I will do pretty much whatever it takes. I will try and open as many doors and point people in the right direction. But I think the key is to keep things simple, get things back to basics. Mm. I want to ask you one final question as we draw this, uh, this podcast episode to a close. But before I do that, I want to invite you in to share your contact details. How can people find out a little bit more about you? What, what's your primary contact? My primary contact is paul at paulkelly.com. The and in that, I mean that, that the contact details, uh, listeners, will be in the show notes. Um, a little bit of a privileged information there. PK <laughs> humorously, by the way, PK was nearly right what he said. <laughs> <laughs> nearly right. <laughs> it's Paul hyphen Kelly.com. <laughs> yes, I'm, uh, I'm. I'm still getting used to the fact that I'm uh, going to be on the World Wide Web. Um, I've tried to keep things on the download for a long time, but it's the way forward, apparently. Yeah. Um, so just to reiterate, this is, I mean, I'm only the podcast host, by the way, world. I'm only the podcast <laughs> host. But, uh, you know, let me let me run your website as well, PK. That's not a problem. <laughs> um, so just to, to clarify, as I say, it will be in the show notes, but it's 
paul at paul-kelly.com and obviously the website by the same name www.paul-kelly.com so um there's no extra charge for that pk by the way that oh, thank you <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> So to the final question. So within your role as a uh, relationship transformation teacher, you know, I know you've written in the Speaking From Our Hearts trilogy of books, as you did in the Mastering the Game of Life book. Uh, excellent stories and insights and shares, you know, around the game of life. You know, you alluded to at the top of this conversation, this podcast dance, this episode about, you know, the transformation that you've been on. So... You know, the old elevator, you know, we're in the elevator for 30 seconds going up to the next floor. And within that time, just give me something to cling to, because, you you know, you've consistently used words quite rightly, in my humble opinion, like love and hope and transformation. What would that piece of advice, guidance, insight, what would that be to me? Uh, and I'm going to say as a young person. As a young person, don't be too proud or too shy to ever ask for help. Help is always just around the corner and will come when you need it. The key is to ask. And what I love about that business, and I've said this so many times before, even though I kind of pre-framed it with the, the 30 seconds um, scenario, the most powerful answers, and Paul's alluded to this on more than one occasion, particularly in this episode, around the simplicity. And I asked that kind of question, you know, to guests from all over the all over the world. And it's interesting that he or she can give an answer, not in 30 seconds, but very succinctly, very powerfully in a matter of a few seconds, just as Paul did there. And I think on that very focused and on that very happy note all that remains now is to say remember the world's changing how will you respond thanks very much for listening to this world game changers podcast episode hopefully you found it interesting and helpful drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond remember the world is changing. How will you respond?